Welcome one and all to another episode of Middle-Aged Metalheads. I am Michael Stamps coming to you live from Sellersville, Pennsylvania. I'm joined tonight by our usual cast of folks, John Harden. Yo! Austin, Texas. We also got David Timoney. Yep. From Philly. And we got the Metal Lord himself, Colin Bosler. Hey, hey. Coming to us live from Whitehall. Whitehall, yep. Whitehall, Whitehall Pennsylvania. And we are super stoked tonight to uh, to be joined by Daniel Lake, the author of USBM, which is not like some sort of like gross sort of like sexual sort of thing. It's a U.S. United States black metal. And uh, we're going to talk to him about uh, the book that he has, uh, the 500 page book that he has presented. Dude, this thing on, weighs a ton. On the... Uh, um, the American black metal scene um, or phenomenon culture, as it were. So uh, again, thank you, Daniel, for uh, being so gracious to uh, spend some time with us here and uh, tell us a little bit about your, uh, your, your book and the background and get us into like a more in-depth conversation about black metal as a, an American phenomenon. So Daniel, can you tell us a little bit, just to start off here, a little bit about your, professional personal background and musical background perhaps too and how do these aspects of your life sort of like converge in this in this project sure so i uh you know i played the trumpet when i was in fifth grade and super metal led me down the path <laughs> to black metal obviously obviously that was, that was how it happened no uh <laughs> you know that, that's what happened to miles davis too yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I uh, uh, I came late to metal, uh, really, really late. Uh, I was I wasn't listening to metal until I was in my early twenties, um, and uh, so yeah, I was looking for you know darker and darker stuff. Uh, at this point, I was already uh, headed toward a, a career teaching high school, so I, again, darker and darker. Uh, yeah, yeah, man, that that fits the landscape. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so I, uh, I spent, uh, 10 years or so, uh, teaching math and, and learning about metal. Uh, and then, uh, after I, I felt like I got my feet under me, uh, started trying to write about metal, uh, and also teaching English and, uh, it just kind of snowballed. I, I got myself a, a gig working with uh, decibel magazine, uh, writing for them each month. Nice. Uh, and yeah, then, uh, you know, after a bunch of years doing that, the editor of Decibel contacted me. He said, hey, what do you think about like doing this book project? And I was totally on board because this is this is the kind of stuff I'm into. So, wow, that's awesome. So what tell, tell me, where are you from? Where are you calling from to, tonight, Dan? I'm in Maryland. Maryland. OK, so not yeah. too far away. Good, uh, good East Coast uh, locale for metal. Yeah. And uh what what kind of what were you listening to before metal? Like you weren't listening to metal to your twenties. What are you like, Madonna? I mean, not Madonna, but Dexy's <laughs> uh, uh, less... Midnight Runners. Come on, Eileen. <laughs> it, it was it was definitely less cool than Madonna. I'll I'll be honest. Uh, I mean, look, I was Dawkins. Uh, no. no. Uh, what was I listening to? I mean. When I was a kid, my parents had like 
Neil Diamond and and Chicago and Beach Boys and uh, that those kinds of records sitting around. So that's what I like spent my childhood hearing. And then it was you know uh, kind of adult oriented radio. Yeah. Uh, oh, the Beach Boys loved Satan. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's that's pretty well documented. Well, yeah, at least Dennis did. He was like hanging out with Charlie. Um, so yeah, so uh, I was I was listening to like really really simple stuff, and uh, uh, I guess it was I guess I was listening to like more rock, uh, heavier rock stuff uh, in the mid '90s in, in high school. I got into like. Uh, I guess like alternative rock stuff. Um, again, not the cool stuff. Like I was never at no stage in my de- musical development was I ever listening to anything anybody else thought was cool. Um, You're like into like Vertical Horizon and Hoobastank or something. Let, let, uh, let, uh, let's not go as far as Hoobastank. Let's, <laughs> let's not completely trash me. Uh, but like live. Uh, wow. Yeah. Rotation. Straight out of Pennsylvania. Yeah, that's there York, yeah. PA. That's not far from UConn. I produced no. one of their music videos. There you go. Yeah. We're not talking shit about live. live hey, is dude. John is John is our in-house Kevin Bacon. So you are now just one degree <laughs> from, from live. live. Yep. Forget that. Forget that time in the in the bus. Nice. You got John Harden. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And so uh, I guess uh, later on in in college, I I don't know, man. Like that stuff stopped meaning anything to me. Like I, I just had a hard time connecting to it and started looking for more stuff. Um, my brother actually got me into things like, uh, like the, the, the kind of artier side of things. So my brother got me into like Radiohead and Cigaros and, and things like that. Mogwai, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Black Emperor. Um, and, and so I just kind of kept searching and I found Tool and I found Faith No More. Uh, and through, and, and then it was Faith No More with like Mike Patton. That was my like entryway, like my mm-hmm. portal. Like it was, it was Faith No More to like Mr. Bungle and Fantomas. And from there it was John Zorn and Noise and all kinds of weird jazz. Uh, and then, and then I, clicked in somehow uh to to some some metal some neurosis uh converge Mm -hmm. uh and then i just fell down that rabbit hole yeah yeah i mean that's that's a real sensible rabbit hole to fall into i mean faith no more in that time period like when the real thing came out you know there's the whole story about how he joins faith no more and makes the agreement to stay in mr bungle and you know when he was in philly when they were in philly for faith no more they were selling mr bungle tapes in the parking lot and you know we got our copy of ou 818 went home and like partied and listened to that record inside out and backwards and it really pushed it really pushed the parameters there you know like i I was already playing metal through high school um and then through college i was playing you know in what was essentially like a punk band with a horn section doing some ska stuff, but those those cats were really pushing it. And and you go back and you listen to that Faith No More stuff, and you're like, some of this stuff is pretty heavy. You could see they were trying to, you know, influence that even through their little funky metal, metal uh, in their little funky metal way. Um, but you know, 
so that brings us into your like weird childhood and adolescence and then you start getting into metal and you start writing about metal and at what point in your life did you begin to realize that like this book like you mentioned decibel contacting you but what at what point was it like i think i can put this together because i'm telling you i i got the book a while ago and when we talked to you about setting this interview up i went and picked it up and i was like i forgot this book is heavy dude it is (laughs) it's substantial i mean it's it's a gorgeous volume i said we were talking to um uh to mark weiss he was on talking about his his big photo book which is fantastic for people who like to read books and like to own books this is a great book to own like i love a hardcover i love a you know the density of it i even love the fact that like the pages are like half inch margins they're like so <laughs> jammed onto the page for notes. um what's that for notes well, no, there's little tiny margins, man. Oh, I love the tiny f- margins. <laughs> yeah. if, if you had yeah. the book, Michael, you would know that. Yeah, for little that. tiny notes. For little tiny notes. <laughs> yeah. But what was the point where you were like, I can do this. I can knock out this book. Yeah, it was right after I turned in the manuscript for the book was when I knew I could. <laughs> <laughs> so you just like, you just dump like 600 pages on them and say like, all right, this I- is the thing. I the the I cannot express the amount of self doubt. It it was every day for almost three years. Like it, there was no way that I could do this. I did not have this book in me. And then I shat it out, and it existed. <laughs> right on. And and I will say so. You're mentioning all of the things, uh, and and I don't, I'm not I'm not trying to like mess with, with with your characterization. You're mentioning all of the awesome things that are not the words themselves. <laughs> what makes this book? No, seriously, this artifact. You're right. Is incredible because of you know Mike Wahlberg, the the art director, uh, and Albert Mudrian, and the whole like decibel books um Mm. uh machine over there they Mm. created this thing that is i'm just proud to like be associated at all with it so yeah yeah and and that must be like a strange thing too it's like you 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 just you type up the words they're your manuscript and you have like this sort of like design or structure for it where you have these different um thematic subsections in it and and for people who haven't uh who aren't familiar with the work we'll we'll just we'll just kind of like go through it it's the title is usbm which is united states black metal and the subtitle is a revolution of identity in american black metal of course by daniel lake whom we're speaking with here um and then there's a series of about uh, eight chapters or, or sections uh, the first of which is, oh, I'm, am I getting them wrong there? I'm, I think I'm missing a page. Here we go. The first is, and and, and again, you ha- you have like these really sort of like uh, clever and cutie and grotesque sort of like puns that are on, of course, uh, you know the, you know the the, the Star Spangled Banner, where it begins with the dawn's early spite. Broad slights, bright scars, perilous night, proudly we hail, watching the ramparts, uh, so gallantly screaming, the sockets red glare, 
marred, mangled banners, and of course, the land of freaks and home of the craven. And each of these kind of correspond chronologically and also regionally with uh, the, the different bands that within each of these sections that you that you do then uh, inspect and and uh, explore. And there's a lot of interview material with with the bands themselves, and it's. Again, it's like a kind of a really kind of clever structure. Like, at what point did you like hit upon that? Like, I'm gonna play on some like F. Scott Key. Uh, yeah. So I don't know when that happened. I it was man, you're. I, I'd love to know to be able to pinpoint that. It was definitely in the last few months uh, that I had that thought, and I just sat down and I like scribbled all these ideas down. And I sent them off uh, to one of the other writers at Decibel, uh, whose opinion like uh, deeply matters to me. And mm -hmm. I was like, "Hey, man, what do you think of these as chapter titles?" And he got back to me, and he was like, "Don't fucking do that. They're cheesy <laughs> and stupid." <laughs> and you did it anyhow. Yes, and, and here they are. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I figured what you know what if I could sneak him past the actual editor of the book, then if if I got his blessing, then I guess they were fine. And and what what was his objection to this? Because it seems kind of like it it fits in with the theme of exploring U.S. Uh, black metal, but uh, he, he, seem, I mean, was look, it was it, was it seem because you you know people can say like it, it's a little corny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's it like this guy is looking out for my best interests like <laughs> absolutely and and he saw that and he was like yeah cornball uh so you should you like because he, he basically his point of view is uh dan i think you're awesome i think you're better than this <laughs> I and i was like no i i fucking not no i'm not <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, that and again, it, it it adds a little sort of uh, unexpected sort of uh, humor to 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 like the you know again like the whole the whole genre of black metal, the whole sort of mystique that it kind of like uh, self cultivates. It's like, yeah, this is not a laughing matter. It's all fucking deadly serious, cookie monster boys. But but I mean, I I I have a question that leads into that, Daniel, and and you being someone who knows uh, 100 times more than me about black metal, because I know nothing um, other than the fact that I don't really get it. Uh, we, we've talked about it on the show. And to me, I think, do you feel like black metal's themes sometimes hold it back from becoming more popular, especially in the States? Because a lot of the music has themes and play styles that would appeal to other metal fans but the themes and the lyrics at least to me and may, maybe to other outsiders can start to become a bit routine like when when every single album is about burning down a church and every album is about raping the angels etc does do you feel like that it's like going to a multiplex and every movie playing as a horror movie and it's like okay we got it like, you know what I mean? And once you start to, and that's fine, maybe for an album, two albums, seven albums. All right. <laughs> that's a lot of churches. I, yeah. yeah. I, 
but do, do, do you do you see what I mean? I, I as as someone with limited black metal experience, to me, the themes start to run too samey uh, from band to band. Sure. Uh, so the the first wave because I feel like there are a couple different questions lingering inside there. Yeah. Um, because the first way that you framed it, I think. Uh, does not like it's the wrong framing for what black metal is and the way people are trying to make it the idea of like like having thematic material that would make it more popular that's probably the exact i don't want to say the exact opposite but like damn close to the exact opposite of of what these people are trying to do sure um they to a certain extent it's like kind of original punk music these people hate music. They they hate uh, the rules about music. They hate what other people say sounds good to them, and they just want to tear shit down. Um, and and so, you know, being making it popular, making it so that so that black metal can be digested by a greater number of people. That's not that's not what they're trying to do. In fact, if anybody outside of their own basement likes it, uh, they would be surprised and probably pissed off. <laughs> okay. Uh, and and then okay, so for the audience, like, you're you're right. Like, maybe it starts to to run together at some point. Um, I can tell you that like, like more than lots of other metal and more than lots of other music. Black metal is about texture and about mood. Um, and so for things to like continue layering up this, this mood is kind of the point. Mm. Um, now, I'm also going to say that I listened to a crap load of black metal for this book. Like I was listening to all of it. I listened, like, I, I was joking, but it's, it's not really a joke. I listened to all the USBM. I just, I just listened to everything that I could. Um, and God, what, God bless what, what really <laughs> surprised me is uh, as I kept listening, I kept finding ways in which the different artists and different albums sounded different to me. They did not sound like each other. I could hear how they were different and that they didn't do things all the same way. And I think I started liking it more <laughs> than, than I had sure. before just by listening to all of it. Anyway, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, yeah. Defi there's definitely an entry there, you know, where you just have that grandmom syndrome. like, oh, is all that noise you listen to? But, you know, I, I'm the same way. You know, I'll, people say, you like black metal. I'm like, I love black metal. And they're like, well, how do you have a favorite band? Because they don't hear the subtlety. And, you know, honestly, I, I come from a, from a classical and jazz background, and I've heard that same argument. You know, how do you listen to classical music? It's just like, dun, 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 dun. how do you listen to jazz? It's just, boo -ba -doo -ba -doo -ba -doo, you know, and it's just like, yeah. If you don't know what you're talking about, then, then yeah. <laughs> right. right. Now, I'll be honest, I, I would love to hear each of you guys and your kind of uh, experience and impressions with this stuff, because I've, I've listened to your podcast a bunch, and uh, I honestly thought we would get on here, 
argue for 10 minutes about what qualifies as music and we'd be done. <laughs> so, so, like, I mean, I really we, could, hear we were saving that for the nailed end. It. Yeah. <laughs> we were saving that for the last part. Yeah. We'll kick you out of the meeting and then we'll laugh about it. <laughs> I'm going to throw in my, uh, my two cents to answer that question, Daniel, if you don't mind, when you said you're, I, I don't ha I have limited experience with black metal. I, I own some, but it's not something I go to very often. So when I picked up your book, quite honestly, I was very excited to learn more. I learned probably a little more than I wanted to, to be quite honest <laughs> with you, Daniel. Um, there, I, I walked away. There, I, there's some scary dudes in this book. Um, scary meaning it, it seems like a lot of them, there's like an evil lurking below their, their surface that they're trying to bring out or identify or, or recognize. And it's kind of got, I get this theme that everybody's kind of got this, this very low lying evil in all of us. And if we just tap into it, we're, we're going to appreciate this music more. And uh, I don't know, it kind of gave me the willies to some degree because I don't, I consider myself a pretty positive person. And when I was trying to uh, listen to some of the bands in here and experience a little bit more, are they, are they pushing that to the forefront like I think they are, that everybody's got a dark side? Again, some people probably are. Um, I think a lot of these people are just expressing it. They th that, that sound is inside them, and they are just trying to recreate it outside of them. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think you're wrong. I think there's a lot of, of darkness in some of these people uh and black metal is part of their way of processing it um and i yeah i mean in 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 having some of these conversations you know some of them went to dark places some of the some of the people i talked to were not willing to like spend time there talking about it um i don't know man i I also feel like, so again, I'll, I'll say as a high school teacher, uh, you know, I run into a lot of students who have very limited life experience. They're very happy-go-lucky. Everything's fine for them in their lives. And it, <laughs> it bums me out sometimes because I feel like there's, there's texture and, and good ways of being a human uh, when you've gone through like some some stuff in your life, mm. and so I don't wish ill on these people. I I just think that they could be um, more fully compassionate and and real uh, when when they have to go through some stuff. So anyway, I feel like I I feel some compassion uh, for these people. Not I I don't mean this like I'm like I'm being uh, what's the word uh, judgy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not trying to be judgy or. or uh, or, or talk down to anybody. I think there's a compassion that comes from having had a hard life. And I think, I think I saw some of that in, in these people I talked to hmm. and I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, we're not going to make this like cliched mistake of, of some other metal podcast to, to say, you know, could you define or qualify what distinguishes black metal in these nifty 50 united states but could you please just give us a defining metric or qualifier that identifies or distinguishes black metal in these united what what is it i mean what is it that is getting one 
group invited to the festival and another group not invited to the festival. And, and, and I think to like to add on to David's question too is for the subject of your book too, it's like, what, what is American black metal as opposed to like the, 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 what we, what John was referring to in terms of like the Norwegian black metal church burning bullshit, which was like a phase, I guess, but like, you know, what's black metal? And pretty in long phase. <laughs> It's, that was a horrible phase. Uh, but then again, people burn churches in America and it's not associated with any kind of genre of music. Oh, wait. Country and Western. Okay. All right. Sorry, so back to the question at hand, Dad. I had to get that in. Get that in. But uh, sorry, sorry, Daniel. But uh, so what, what, what is uh, USBM? So again, the, the, the people who are making this music, uh, each of them is going to define it, you know, for themselves. And, and a lot of them are going to be really uh, exclusive about it. Like it's got to be dark and about Satan. Okay. Um, so there's that. Uh, for my purposes, I was looking for music that uh, used blast beats pretty consistently, uh, really evil riffing styles, uh, Mostly high-pitched, screechy vocals. Um, mm. uh, these are the, the, the kind of markers that, to me, signify uh, the blackness of metal. Okay. Yeah. So, and, and again, do like, uh, and we've, we've, some of us have read most of the book. Some of us actually own copies of it. Um, do, do you feel like bands like spend a lot of sort of like, territorial ideological construction around like this is what you know black metal is and they sort of like define themselves in opposition to other bands who are just kind of like not as black as they are none so black i, I had to I had to throw that in as a sort of spinal tap reference but uh is is, is and is that is like is that helpful at all Ugh, is it helpful uh not not to me um you know, it's funny, somebody like Jeff Whitehead, uh, who does Leviathan, yeah. you know, he's going to get really cranky about like the, the tiny parameters within which black metal must exist. Mm -hmm. uh, and then he's going to put out like a, a, like a prog record, like his last one. And, and I don't want to say it's a prog record, but it's, it's got really weird parts. It's kind of all over the place. Uh, and then he's going to say, well, now this is also black metal. So I don't know, man, like <sighs> defining it is fine. Um, I just don't see a reason to get super exclusive about it, which is why I didn't for the book. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and again, so it's, it's kind of, and again, you, if you go on to anybody who goes on to Wikipedia, we'll find like, if you go into like heavy metal and you go into all these different subgenres, you'll get into everything where there's like a list of maybe 300 different like subgenres, which are like gloom core, grind core, uh, anything core. Um, and it's just like, it's just, you know, corpse core. And it's just like, I, how they seem they seem to be like almost band uh band names more than they seem to be like uh it's like if you could just start off a band you just like this is what we're calling ourselves we're calling ourselves like scrote core it's like that's who we are it's like cool i 
guess what's that sound like well it sounds like this well that 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 kind of sounds like taint core but it's it's the same thing but who knows blast beats screechy vocals cookie monster voice there you go maybe a flute maybe a crazy little flute thrown in there who knows i don't know Uh what's happening I don't know. <laughs> Same uh, thing that happens every episode. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> what, what? 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 Interviewing a subject and asking questions? It's like Cookie it, Monster vocals. Okay, Monster. <laughs> hey, Daniel. Uh, one thing that does happen on every episode of our podcast is all roads lead back to Kiss, and uh, and and you mentioned Kiss uh, in the book and as an influence to some of these bands. Uh, what other common threads did you find for a lot of these artists, uh, especially in the U.S.? Um, I, I take it a lot of them were informed by by the Norwegian and, and Finnish sort of forefathers of this uh, music. But were there any other sort of common threads you found from band to band? Well, well, some of them, yes. Some of them found like the Norwegian stuff, like, like Aesop Decker. Uh, out in California talks about like dumpster diving for CDs and uh, like finding these waterlogged Dark Throne records and (laughs) it it changing his life. Uh, (laughs) But, uh, you know, certainly in the 90s, a lot of these people were actually way more influenced by the American death metal scene. Mm. Um, They were coming out of the American death metal scene and maybe... And, and I guess this parallels what was happening in Europe. Uh, they felt like death metal uh, maybe wasn't dark enough or was heading off in a direction that wasn't evil enough. And they wanted to uh, kind of reclaim that space with their own evil music, which, you know, then a moron like me comes along and like slaps a black metal label on it. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, what was the first black metal artist that you really got into personally? Probably Zaster is probably the, so it was, it was, so again, this is another place where I assumed like Zoom would be good because otherwise like we'd be in a four-on-one fist fight uh, about music, but like, uh, <laughs> So the metal that I was getting into was like just just taking me to like really dark places and I wanted I wanted that darkness. I wanted that kind of self-hate rather than the kind of uplifting almost like empowering music that a lot of a, a lot of like uh, early metal and a lot of tr- what's now called like trad metal uh, has kind of a, a an uplifting vibe. It's very empowering stuff. Uh, and I just wanted music to like drain that out of me because that's how I was feeling. Um, and so Zaster did that. Um, I will also mention that like I had a, an English teacher friend who like dumped a whole bunch of black metal on me. I was like, hey, I think I might be into black metal. And he's like, yes, listen to <laughs> everything that I give you. And it was way too much. Like it was all this underground stuff that like sounded like tin soldiers recording in a tin can uh in a garbage disposal yeah yeah and i didn't get it and now i totally could 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that intro. I think I'm into black metal. It's like the beginning of an intervention show. Right. Right. Yeah. I'd like to sit down. It's like a super scary wonder years. Right. What I'm he- what I'm hearing, Dan, is that you're thinking about black metal. Yeah. <laughs> I've been eating spoonfuls of comet cleanser for years just <laughs> one spoon at a time it's like and also listening to what was the band you mentioned there daniel disaster <laughs> how do you spell that is there an x yeah. is there a pentagram in that it's, it's an x yes it's an x uh the 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 logo is appropriately unreadable awesome cool it's my, it's my favorite logo yeah, yeah, we're, we're she's gonna, just we're, browsing the racks at TGNY. What's this? Let's, 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 let's like let let's let's stop right there on that point. Like, why is the sort of marketing of like uh, black metal, and it, and it kind of verges into death metal, and we're not going to even try to distinguish between the two. But like, why is it that they're like really bad with font, or like they just have like really bad graphic design? Like, why does it look like cracked leather nagahide? What the? You mean the logos or just the cover art in general? The the logos yes. are they're <laughs> are they all just like bored like workshop you know like like teenagers in like wood shop or something just like it, it it almost seems like it goes back to that theme that you mentioned before of of complete alienation mm-hmm. like I I what's more alienating than not even being able to read the name of the band like good luck finding it. Um, I, I, you almost have to do it like like hieroglyphics. Totally yeah. agreed. Yeah, absolutely. The, my first exposure to black metal is right here. Oh, Christ. What is that? That's Scott Ian. No. Anybody? Uh, oh, Kaz. That's, that's my buddy Kaz Grant, because he and I went to high school together. Okay, so, oh, so, so 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 Daniel knows this guy from his uh, from the book. Yeah, huh? you know, I, I I when I first dove into the book, you know, I cracked this bad boy open, and out of the gate, one of my favorite uh, one of my favorite avant black metal musicians. You got Tom Warrior, which must have been awesome. That I you know I was going to talk in general about you know, the access that you have to these musicians, you know, partially through your relationship with Decibel, but also just, you know, it's nice that somebody's got some genuine interest in the in the genre and they're going to write about it and kind of track the history of all this. But I mean, if I've got a favorite band, it's Celtic Frost and- uh, Really? Oh yeah, you think? <laughs> You've Thanks, never Colin. mentioned them before. What? Really? Um, this, this is a shocker. But uh, not Tesla. But I mean, I almost I was out I was out of the country and I almost flew back to Philly to see Trypticon. You know, I was it broke my heart that they were doing they were doing the full the full piece here in Philly. But uh, first of all, how cool is that? And then we can we can we can talk about the fact that you mentioned uh, the Dark Lord himself and Crucifier, where, you know, I saw the beginnings of that in high school. He was just two years ahead of me. Um, nicest guy but uh talk a little bit about the the access to the artist particularly tom warrior which is super cool yeah you're absolutely right that was man so albert the uh the editor at decibel he and i started batting around uh ideas for you know who who might we want to get uh to do a, a forward for this thing 
And, you know, the, the first idea was, well, it's got to be someone American, right? And I had talked to everybody. Like, I had already, like, every, like, the people who would write this forward were basically already in the book. Um, so I said, what about some Europeans? Because that might be a really cool way to give this some extra cred. And he was like, okay, who are you thinking? <laughs> and I listed five people, and Tom Warrior was at the top. And he was like, well, let me try. And Albert got in touch with him. And, like, you know, they've worked together on some things before. So, mm -hmm. yeah, he was just like, I would love to do that. <laughs> I was like, this wow. is the best thing ever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's great stuff. I mean, like I said, just just being able to, to get in touch. Like you had mentioned, uh, you know, John Zorn. Back when I was in college, uh, a bunch of guys and I, you know, were playing Naked City tunes. And I picked up the phone and I called the the number that was listed for hips road, which happened to be his apartment. And I said, Hey man, we transcribed and performed a bunch of your naked city tunes. Um, how about, you know, you send us the score so we can take a look at what they look like. And, uh, you know, the next thing, you know, I get home and my roommate's like, Hey, John Zorn called, he left his number. And, uh, and he and I talked and he sent me the, the, the scores and the, and the rule sheets for Cobra. And I ended up conducting the Philly premiere of Cobra went up to New York and sat in on some rehearsals and I was on cloud nine and I can just imagine the same exact thing. You know, it's like, you're doing this thing that is obviously a work of, of, uh, of love because it's far more work in this than you're ever going to get in kudos from podcasts from world famous podcasts and, uh, and royalty, but, but I mean, that's who who was who was the artist you thought you either would not get a hold of, or that you were just really glad you did get a hold of. So, uh, the very first phone interview that I actually got set up and got to happen uh, was with Jeff Whitehead of Leviathan, and he was one of those people who I kind of I worried that he wouldn't be interested that that or or yeah just he wouldn't care enough and he wouldn't want to to deal with it that was i i want to say that was one of the best conversations i had but like all of them were great conversations but he was such he was such a great guy he uh was so willing to talk even to the point where like i had to like get off the phone that night but we weren't even close to done and i was like is there any chance i could talk to you later he's like yeah how's tomorrow <laughs> uh, and we just got back on the phone and, uh, man, it was so great. Um, now there is a person who like, I couldn't get and couldn't get and couldn't get like every few months I would keep trying for like two years. Uh, and this is, uh, Austin Lunn from Panopticon. Uh, he just, he just doesn't really like to do interviews with people he doesn't know. Um, mm -hmm. he's, he's been burned a couple times and uh, he, he has an audience and he generally, I think, doesn't feel like it's in his best interest uh, to keep pushing himself out there. Yeah. Uh, and I actually, I actually got a guy he works with uh, who's also in the book uh, to talk him into it. He got on the phone with me. We hit it off. And I, I would call us friends at this point. Wow. Which makes me like really happy. Awesome. Daniel, if you don't mind, I want to dig into 
the the personas you mentioned when you were answering my first question i thank you for that you were, you mentioned that because i was talking about the the evil place if you will you said that everybody's been through things and, and you have compassion for them i also noticed that in the book the 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 upbringing and the way people have lived their lives and and when they get into this music they almost come up with their own persona everybody had a nickname Every, everybody became, and what, and here's, and before you answer, if you don't mind me painting this a little more, when I was growing up, I played a lot of D Dungeons and Dragons and we all had our own persona, right? Everybody, had, but yet we didn't walk around calling each other that during the day. That was when we were sitting around the table. <laughs> These guys almost look like that's how they refer to each other all the time. Is, is that true? Am I, am I correct in that they became these alter egos in all interactions with each other? Probably not. Um, now, just by asking it that way, you assume that they had interactions with each other. Well, uh, and, fair point. And, and, you know, a lot of these people were happy to, like, you know, toil along at doing their own thing. Um, but you know what? Yeah, like, whether it was because, I don't know if some people weren't sure kind of the level of professionalism to keep up with this stuff. But like in some of the interviews, when when these guys would refer to other people in their band, they would use the, you know, the the pseudonym mm -hmm. uh, to do so. And I I think that's interesting. I honestly I don't know. I would love to answer your question better. I don't know. Well no, it's a it's a great it's a great answer. And, and I guess yeah, that's that's that does help me because I, I've met a lot of musicians along my path here, and they talk about each other. They talk with each other. Um, David's a musician, and I've heard him on our podcast. They talk about different tones and gear and this and that. You know, there's always an interaction. But again, it seems you know first person. As I was reading your book, it just seemed a lot of like you just said. It was a lot of references were. That's probably, I had to look it up sometimes. Like, I don't, I, I don't recognize that name. Who's Hellhammer? I got to go find Hellhammer. <laughs> oh, that's that guy. Okay, now, it's almost like I needed a reference where you have the band, you know, the this person's music, uh, real name, and this is what they go by so that I could I could do a little cross-referencing on some of the, uh, uh, the conversations in your book. I, I also think there's a, a character issue. Um, so, and, and I'm probably going to do a, a crappy job explaining this, but like, I think some of these people feel like who they are, like the the human that they are, uh, kind of obscures a truer nature uh, that comes from inside them. And so, like, not a lot of Americans wear corpse paint, uh, but you know those <laughs> those people who like do like you know wear the hooded robes or the or the corpse paint or um, do other sorts of like. Uh, Guys. repeated repeated motions that they you know people will call ritualistic but i don't want to sensationalize that uh they'll do these things over and over and it for, for some of these people it helps them mentally dissolve the the human that they have to be in the world and allows them to be the character that that they feel more truly represents uh who they are or who they want to be uh and, and so i think that plays a part too yeah, that's a really great answer as well, because now that I think about it, many of the chapters, they they are trying to almost become more of, of, of a, a whole, their self is trying to come out in a universe or something that they see, not so much the human form. That's a really good point. Thank you for making that. It's, it's kind of like, well, 
I could be David Bowie or I could be Ziggy Sardust. And it's like, I could be like Bob who works, you know, you know, construction, or I could be like Zothar, you know, is that like, is that like name been like copywritten? But it's like, again, it's like in music and uh, definitely like rock and roll has always sort of like um, traded in the idea that, uh, that identity is, um performative the idea that it's like it's it, it goes with the whole sort of mystique of being on a stage under the limelight or or how or under the spotlight however you want to sort of like imagine that sort of metaphor so it, it kind of like it situates itself in that sort of way but like it, it does seem to be kind of like consistent with the whole sort of <clears throat> how should we say like with with the with the black metal scene that it's like not a whole lot of charisma coming off of that scene and that that's that's you know again that's my take i'm 50 years old i, I like poison i like <laughs> Benny vincent invasion i like tesla I, the the deepest and darkest i'll go is like you know i love metallic sabbath. sabbath and whatnot but it, is there a sense though too that like the the whole scene at least as far as outsiders go, it's like it's kind of defined by its demographics. It's kind of like it's white, it's predominantly male, it's straight, or that's the you know the sort of performance of it, um, and it's blue collar. Uh, that get a little samey. Is it just kind of homogenous? And is, is or maybe that's the sort of draw of it. And again, it's like that that has to do with like metal culture at large. Because it it is um, here we are we're like one two three four five white dudes talking about metal it seems a little sort of uh, onanistic but here we go again but like it, is that like kind of the thing that like that drives it it's like it's a good entry point it's like this is this is how I find my identity wow man that's I mean that is a really deep question I don't know if you meant it to be but I totally oh yeah I did. I've, I've thought <laughs> about work that. that all day. Yeah, he did. I've thought about that a lot. Like for for people who live among lots of other people who look like them, were raised like them, think like them, but in this American culture, we're so driven to find an individual identity that it can become like like finding an individual identity. Uh, when when you look and act like almost everybody else around you, um, mm -hmm. probably you know gets difficult, and you probably have to to dig pretty deep. Um, yeah. So, so there, I mean, I, yeah, I, I would agree. I, I kind of I kind of hate uh, how homogenous things kind of turn out, uh, which is why. Uh, I really enjoyed, you know, being able to talk to uh, the people in Ludacra, you know, two women in that band, um, you know, even with uh, Collins back. <laughs> Sorry, what? <laughs> what? Hi. Even Seats are up right now. <laughs> so, so there, there are actually chicks in black metal. They're in the book, Michael. Um, I didn't read the entire book. <laughs> this book right here. Yeah, I know. I didn't read the entire book. I, I subscribe to like Ezra Pound's edict that the idea, like, 
you don't really need to read the entire book to know what it's about. It's about death metal or black metal. Oh, people shit. should, people should buy Daniel's book. Yeah, buy the book. <laughs> don't no, be I, like Mike. No, no. If if I could find a copy, I would totally do that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I, also, I also have the PDF. So like, so so Daniel, but and and again, like, um, tell us a little bit like your experience. Like you, you obviously you go to like black metal shows. Or you 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 had like the the, the whole sort of immersive experience. Um, do do you feel like that your your identity in a way is sort of like yeah this these are my people or do you, are you like anthropological and just kind of like I'm studying these subjects here the, the the natives in their natural habitat you know i wish i could come at it like like that because then i would feel i think more confident about putting out a book on this stuff um the the problem i have with anyone treating me like a, a, a source of knowledge like a like an expert about this stuff is that i i come at this as a fan that's it that that's that's my way in is I just appreciate what these people are doing. Um, and so, you know, I, yes, I got to like talk to people and write about it. Uh, I still don't think I, <laughs> I know a huge amount or know enough. Um, but uh, is my identity wrapped up in this? No, I, I actually, I don't know. This maybe goes, <laughs> again, I'm look, I'm going to take it darker than like, you know, uh, normal, n normal conversations, maybe, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't actually feel like I identify well with any group that I'm in uh, at any given moment. Um, you know, I, I th have thought of myself as a writer for a long time, um, but uh, when I was around English teachers, I would feel like things were a little too like, like touchy feely, like up in the air, and mm -hmm. you know, I have this math technical side of me but then when i'm like hanging out with like engineers uh or math teachers like they're all like technical and i'm like yeah but like there's the flesh and blood and like 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 poetry over here um and you know when i'm at a, a metal show and everybody's around in like a battle vest i'm like yeah but don't you doesn't anybody else here like toad the wet sprocket uh <laughs> Toad, they're good. <laughs> I like them. Walk, walk on you and you and John will be hanging at the bar, walk, walk having a beer. And dude, I went about, to UCSB. About. When you move in, they hand you the disc to fear. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's and, and 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 again, I think that's that's the thing. It's like, but but when when you do encounter, I don't know, because you go to these shows. Are are you like? I don't know. You're like a, a compulsive, curious person. Like you start conversations up with people. Like, so what do you think of this band? And and you have to like you have to do that voice. You have to like, what do you think of these dudes? Oh, here comes the New Yorker again. No, it's just like that's just like guttural voice. And so you, do you have to like do you have to like kind of like pass a little bit? Do you have to like kind of like disguise yourself a little bit? It's like I'm just asking questions as an ordinary dude how do you like the, the black metal these days what are you a cop ad <laughs> <laughs> like you're like you're like like you're a narc like you're just kind of like who's the narc uh or not like a narc but like an anthropologist <laughs> like, like i'm just trying to fit into this scene get some information about 
Like Jane Goodall. Like watching them, watching, them pick, <laughs> watching them pick bugs off each other. <laughs> oh, wow. What, what do you think of this band called? Leviathan. Ray Sazer or something. I just made that up. Wow. We're laughing about this, but like the shit people do in those clubs, it's like they're straight up. There's like people do not like laugh. Yeah. Now I tell you, Daniel, it's it's definitely I think being the the observer in a room and kind of having a, a little bit of outsider awareness makes it challenging to enjoy things. And uh, you know, I've been in that situation, you know, where I'm like, I can't, I just can't stop analyzing and thinking and being critical. Do you find yourself unable to really enjoy music sometimes because you've spent all this time immersed in what can I gather? What can I write? How can I be the writer? No. I think because the whole time I'm writing, I'm wishing that I could stop so I could just enjoy what was going on. Um, yeah. and, and maybe that's, I, I don't know if that answers the question at all, but like, no, not really. But like, <laughs> no, I, like, I don't. No, no, I think, I think that that's, that's a great answer. I, I, I could appreciate that, but I'll let you go. Yeah. No, like you said, you said it didn't. I, I don't want to keep talking over you. <laughs> no, I was just busting your balls. But but I mean I, I mean I've found myself in those situations where when you take on the role of observer, you you forfeit a little bit of the role of just fan. Yeah. Yes. Uh so like when I would go to festivals and I knew that my editor would ask me to write about a couple of the bands, uh, you know, I'd have you know, whether it was a little notepad uh, or using my phone, just like kind of like sporadically like taking taking this out so I could take some notes just so I'd have something to go back to um, that would remind me of the vibe. Um, yeah, sure. That takes me out of it a little bit. Absolutely. Um, but man, I'm always coming at it as, I don't know, like I've, I've never gone to a show just to cover it. Mm. that's never happened so i've never been just an observer i've always you know gone to a show that i'm excited to be at uh and i'll cover it if you know the editor's cool with me doing that that's great that's i mean it's it's a gift that you can do that um because i could definitely see where you feel you start to feel like you're at work and then you stop enjoying the things that you used to enjoy uh yeah i but but kind of like um what I said about black metal and like, because I was doing all this work uh, and spending so much time with it, I think I found a greater appreciation for some things. Um, you know, a, a few months ago, my editor asked me to do a, a cover story on Cannibal Corpse and nice. their new record. And uh, just being like into that situation, I got, I was getting more out of the record because I was spending, because I was forced to spend time with it. Mm. And it gave me like, it gave me back more. Yeah. Daniel. Oh, go, go ahead, ahead, Mike. No, no, John, go ahead. No, I, I was gonna, I was gonna move off that topic. So if you wanted to follow, follow that, 
I, I just, I, I sort of wanted to bring it back home, if you will, because we've been talking about black metal more, more as like a, a construct or, or a theme of music. Your book specifically talks about United States black metal, whereas, whereas I think most people's first thought, if they're not fans of the genre, are, are the Nor Norwegian and Finnish bands. What cities or pockets of America did you find to have, does the scene fit the city? Or I know you talked about Aquarius Records uh, being influential in, in the West Coast, especially. Um, were there, you know, as, as people relate to grunge music, it's the epicenter of Seattle or, you know, or, or the, the, the hair metal scene was the Sunset Strip. Were there hot spots in America that, uh, that really grew our brand of black metal? Sure. I, I mean, I think the central location uh, for all U.S. black metal is the Satan inside of all of us. Uh, no, I, nice. I love Obviously, this. I told you it was yeah. there. I told you it was there. That's why I brought up that question. Nobody believed me. Really true. Yeah, <laughs> hell is hell is a place that you carry with you. Yes. So so let's so let's explore that. I, I think like if we, could, we could put a point in that. It's like so like the the whole idea then about like this uh, this diabolical or this satanic sort of influence, um, which is we'll just we'll just we'll take the theology out of it it's just like it's socially transgressive it's like it's non-conformist it's like i want to do what i want to do and i'm not necessarily going to hurt other people but i'm not necessarily going to care about other people so i think that that comes out in 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 the vibe maybe in the music too i i don't know daniel is that like is that like sort of like the common denominator of the scene is like let's just go dark Sure. I mean, the, the, what is it? Anton LaVey, you know, do what thou wilt, uh, you know, that, so, yeah, there's another part to that too. Yeah. <laughs> is the whole of the law. Yeah. The, the, the whole of the law is like you do, do what thou wilt so long as you do not hurt other people. Yeah. 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 It's, it's very, it's very Nietzsche and it's, it, it wants to like, just allow like the, the sort of like the, the selfishness of the will to just just exert itself just to like exist to just like to flourish but at the same time not like be a necessarily destructive fascistic sort of like asshole self sure i, I mean what was it uh i've heard um ricky gervais say uh in i think in a show that he did but also he just says it in interviews sometimes like when when people ask him like if you're an atheist, like, like you don't believe that God like uh, gives you a moral compass, so why aren't you just out there raping and murdering as much as you want? And he says, "I am. I I am <laughs> raping and murdering exactly as much as I want, which is none, not at all." Uh, yeah, and and, and 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 that's the point too, right? It's like the, you have like these theological constructs that, like, uh, you know, or 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 even like the, these cultural constructs where you say like, oh no, like just be yourself. And when we say be yourself in like contemporary American culture, it's just like just let your freak flag fly, and there's no consequences. Say like that five times that, fast. That's 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 not true. That's just not fucking true. And and I think. 
um, well, and you, maybe you can confirm this too. It's like black metal is like really sort of like attractive to like young, as you said, like, uh, you know, young people who are sort of like mm, old people. They haven't, they haven't kind of like figured out their identity yet, but they have like a sort of like, there's something that they're pushing against. They're pushing against their home life. They're pushing against school. They're pushing against society or what have you. And they find like a sort of like common brotherhood because it, and, and I don't mean that capital B brotherhood. Is it like Nazis and stuff like that? Um, but it does tend to kind of overlap anyhow we'll get to that later but it, it seems like like as you said before like the, the idea like you, you you lack an identity and so you want to create one and it's like oh i will copy yours and here we are in our black t-shirts yeah it's pointing it back daniel though to 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 the united states in particular is there any geographic influence on on the bands of America? What what separates black metal in America from black metal that preceded it? Um, I, I don't know. So yeah, I did want to get back to that. Um, I I don't think that there is a central place from which black metal blooms. I think these people are creating music, and the stuff that comes out of like New York City. Uh, it's all, you know, they're all different from each other, but you can see some thread of what New York City brings to it. Um, there's, you know, there's a lot of stuff came out of the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, and I, again, I hesitate to say it's connected, um, but there's there was a scene there that fed itself a little bit uh, from that location. Um, are there other, like in the Southeast, there was a, a weirdly loose-knit scene in the southeast of America. But, oh, Chicago. In Chicago, you had these, like, scuzzy, like, uh, like sludgy doom bands that wanted to, like, make even dirtier music, and it became black, kind of, kind of black metal. So there are these things that happen in these cities that are different from each other. Um, but I, I think, and I've probably said this before, um, I think European black metal uh, comes from a, a rock and roll place. Uh, almost, th there's a rock star element. There's, a, there's a, an empowerment element to things like Immortal, when you hear that band. Um, there's still rock and roll going on there. Dark Throne, obviously, you know, are, are throwing back to that. Um, with their kind of latter-day stuff. I don't think that U.S. black metal comes from there or wants to be that. I think U.S. black metal, it instead of pushing outward, it just dives deeper inward um, to just find the darkest places and lives there. Uh, and I, I don't, th I do think that's a, that's a primarily American approach. Yeah, the, 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 and again, like I, I guess, if, if if we're trying to like um, you know like qualify or distinguish or identify, like you are now listening to United States black metal. It's like no melody. There's 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 no like verse, chorus, verse sort of structure to the songs, and there's there's a heavy emphasis on just like 
and, and again, it's it, it, it's the whole thing. And again, it's not to like shit on the genre or anything. It's like because they don't have melody or they don't have like a song structure that's recognizable to like FM, you know, format. But it's like there's a lot of virtuosity that goes to it. There's there's a lot of musicianship. It's like there's there's technique. There's like talent. There, but it's it. But it's it's like a photographic negative. It's like it's 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 basically like what, what Baudelaire was his like he's just like turning you know the beautiful inside out if you could just like have like here's a beautiful sort of image of like a painting or a sculpture it's like let's turn it inside out it's like because this is not for the, the, the you know like all the normal beautiful well-adjusted people is that is that is that kind of fit Daniel you think that sounds great to me yeah <laughs> Let's do it. Let's start a band right now. Let's do it. Uh, all right. I, I had a I had a question uh, a about uh, hands. Uh, there's uh, in a lot of black metal, which it always kind of struck me as strange, and it, it struck me as strange with European black metal as well, with Celtic Frost. Um, the things that I love the most about some of that, and that you find in U.S. black metal as well, is this kind of a recognition and almost a need to express the avant-garde through the music you know that there that the ideology of music that there should be noise or drones or sound effects um exists there i mean where does that come from where where do we get that it's more about and i think michael alluded to this a little bit it's more about making art you know which in many ways, uh, like I know, I know Tom Warrior had, has said this, like, I've got to stand alone because of this. Like, I'm not out there to be famous. I'm here to make the music I want to make. And some of it, you know, you can t- like a tip your hat to the integrity of it all. But where is that avant-garde thread coming from? Yep, you put me up against the wall. Yeah, score. <laughs> My bingo card is full now. Yeah. Uh, we'll just edit I mean, that part. Yeah, out. I could. I could only answer for myself as far as like, yeah, where like why I like that stuff and and why I would spend time with it. Yeah, I don't know. Fair enough. I got, I got another question here for you, for you, Daniel, and and you, and you do a really good job in in the introductory part of of the book the the sort of like let me hold you by the hand dear reader and take you down this direction and 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 there's a kind of a a, an apologia here where you're sort of like saying like yeah i know these are not nice dudes and i know that black metal you know and and the larger sort of like uh realm and culture of um extreme metal as it exists is not for polite society uh, and, and, and you you make a point of kind of like drawing people's attention to the fact like yeah these fuckers can be like neo-nazis these fuckers could be like straight up misogynistic these people could just be like straight up racist um do do you think and again i'll just, I'll just allow you to just kind of like you know expound on that it's like do you think that that's like part of like the magnetism of this music that it's like because it's so transgressive and it allows people to like exist in a in a way where you can all of your hate just could just come out and it's sometimes not 
not that really socially productive, but it's particularly as like an art form too. And I don't know, you're not going to sell a whole lot of records if you're a screwdriver and stuff. I'm getting in front of the question, but like, I, I, I appreciate what you did there. And, 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 and again, that, I think that's a, that's a good sort of way to, uh, you know, allow for for the rest of the book to happen. But, but do you think that that's, that's part of the allure or part of the problem with, uh, with black metal? So I think in the same way that any kind of neo-Nazi skinhead, neo-fascist group, white power group that's out there is uh, alluring to someone whose life up to that point is in shambles, um, doesn't make sense, and they feel powerless. In in the way that that can draw people, mm-hmm. I think that transgressive music might draw people. But I really, huh, I really, really hesitate to like paint black metal with this brush, partially mm-hmm. because I came to black metal and I love this stuff, and I, you know don't don't hold and have have never held any of the values you know of of that part of that ugly part of society um so yeah i i want to make sure like i i did say in the book and and that whole section that you were referring to the 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 bad shit in black metal section yeah the bad shit in black metal yeah um i i'm actually i'm kind of proud of what that section is um i'm proud i'm proud of the the writing there because it was important to me to say look i'm gonna write about some people in this book who had a massive impact musically on the scene while that's true in their personal lives this is what's going on and that's really shitty Mm -hmm. um and we should see that and we should still be able to look at the history for what it is. Um, and, and and I say that like, oh, where was I headed with this? Sorry, I had a particular, uh, particular perspective. Oh, uh, so I actually say that like a lot of the people who make this music, who are in this book, are actually like kind of left-wing activists uh, in their own right. Uh, mm-hmm. There was, as I was finishing this book up, uh, there were a couple of compilations that were released um, with a bunch of these black metal artists on it, uh, specifically to to raise money to go to social uh, issues. You know, that's uh, that's heartening. That's a big part of the scene. So, so I I understand that some people look at at the sensationalist negativity about black metal. Um. But I just, I, I can't, I, I just won't give in to, to that being like a core part of what it is. Yeah. And, and, and again, that, 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 I think that's, that's, and again, you, you, you put it out very eloquently in your, in your intro there uh, in the bat shit in uh, black metal. And uh, as, as you explained too, it's like, we, we, 
it's really hard, as we've already been found, found out to be true, it's really hard to like define like what black metal is. And it's really hard to just like generalize it and just say like, oh, there's like three or four bands and they're really big into Hitler or they're really big into say, it's like, no, it's really sort of complex and diverse. And, you know, it involves a whole sort of like, you know, sort of genre with uh, song structure, vocal sounds, content in the lyrics, and, and and certainly like, you know, blast beats or what have you, whatever it might be. But it does end up being sort of like that same kind of like satanic panic repeat from like the, from the eighties and such. But like, you know, so with the association, I think some people might have, or the sort of uh, attraction that people might have, especially like young people. I, I, I'm not going to get into like most of these sort of like, you know, horrible bands because they just sound horrible for one thing. And it's like, oh, you got hor- you're, you, the music sounds horrible. And also it's all about sort of like chanting Nazi propaganda. I don't know. It's like, what about like nothing but a good time? That's that's a good song. What well, I think about, that. Uh, what, what what about Dawkins? Like in my dreams. Well, no, we we don't. We didn't have to go there. Oh, uh, David, did I take it like too far into too far? We, always, yeah, always. But like, I, but I think that. that uh, I mean, I I I think that the the thing that I I tend to appreciate, uh, you know, and as as Michael alluded to you don't want to draw attention to what is just one portion of, I mean, really what is practically an exhaustive treatment. You know what I mean? Like this could, this could have been, or it could be a second book. Um, And I think that you do a really nice job of taking a snapshot of the landscape and acknowledging, uh, I I think you you position it very well. If you're going to capture a picture, you're going to get the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, you're going to find some things you're going to find that some people don't want to talk. Some people really do want to talk. Um, but you have to cover it. There's no, there's no, uh, there's no baseline right now. And this is now it. So what's next? Uh, for the, for the, for the black metal publishing scene. <laughs> I mean, uh, there's already another book out there. Apparently a former writer for decibel magazine uh, who has, has a name very similar to mine? Uh, oh, Dan, Daniel Luke's uh, put out a a different kind of black metal book. Is that your alter ego, yeah. Daniel? Is that a is tale that your... of two Daniels? Yes, <laughs> it's like him in a wig. That's it's your black called, metal it, name. It, it, is this book yeah. called USA? It's like Chris Gaines. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, there was another book here. Uh, That's not really your beard, the, is it? Uh, the the manuscript I turned in was cut by 20 percent um, before this was published uh so there was a freak out moment when i was like hey editor is there any chance that we just split this up and publish two different volumes at two different times and he's like this is where i step in and say uh that's never gonna happen <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like yeah but uh they always add pages back in for the paperback so uh keep those pages handy yeah or daniel but before we get out of here can you tell everyone where to get your book um i this heavy tome of of darkness 
that we've been celebrating for the past hour. Where can people read your book? And, and can I just say thank you all uh, for for getting so deep into this with me. Uh, I, I had a blast talking and uh, just kind of knowing where 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 people are coming from with this. Uh, the fact that you were able or willing to to give this time, I, I deeply appreciate it. So thank you, thank you. It's our pleasure. It's our pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Christ. But, uh, yeah. So USBM, um, a revolution of identity in American black metal. Um, it's uh, it can be ordered through the Decibel Magazine store, uh, the website, mm -hmm. um, and I believe that is the only place uh, that it can be purchased is mm -hmm. uh, through the Decibel Magazine website. Yeah, we need to we need to sell this thing out because uh, I've been getting a bunch of like messages. I've fielded messages for months. Uh, hey, I'm in Italy. I'm in Germany. I'm in Russia. I'd like this book, but the shipping costs you know more than the book itself. You know, <laughs> can bet. we get yeah. it distributed over here? And the answer is there's no distribution uh, until this run sells out. So yeah, let's let's sell this thing. Yeah, people, get a book. Support metal. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Decibel.com, no. Michael. Decibel.com. USBM Decibel is the book. Decibelmagazine.com. Decibel Sorry. There Decibel we go. Decibelmagazine.com. Thank simple. you again to Daniel Lake for coming by uh, and speaking about his book with us. Please listen to us uh, on all your favorite podcast uh, outlets Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. Uh, Spotify, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Radio. Radio. we're everywhere you are. You can, you can keep us in your pocket. Daniel too, for that matter. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at, uh, what, what's our Twitter handle there? The MA Metalcast. Yep. And on Instagram at Metal Podcast. Thank you again for listening. Leave us a review and we will talk to you next week.